All right. Am I starting or are you? I am since I'm the true crimer. The old timer? (laughs) That too. (laughs) I just crack myself up. (laughs) Okay. Ready? Ready. Hello and welcome to episode 143 of Killer Hangover. I'm Bettina. And I'm Beth. Hi. 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 (laughs) How are you, Mom? I am well. How are you? I'm great. It is an awesome... Here we go with the weather again. Sorry. (laughs) I didn't start it. (laughs) I just realized, again, um, it's an amazing thunderstorm right now. This is like my love language, just thunderstorms and or snowstorms. If you're stuck inside, it's just like, it's the best. It's almost <laughs> spooky season. So it's just, ah, I love it. And my dog yeah. is scratching to get in here. Hold on. She wants to uh, snuggle, I'm sure, because the thunderstorm skiers her. Oh, yeah, she's scared. Yep, well, we right have a dreary day with drizzle. But this morning I took Obes for a walk and we could be as far away from the house as we could. And it started pouring. Mm. (laughs) So we both got drenched. I love this weather. I love it. I love fall. Fall is just around the corner. So for any of those that need the reminder, like I do, did start taking that uh, allergy medicine now. So it's in your system. (laughs) If you suffer like, from what is she gonna say? <laughs> my doctor, my son's asthma doctor reminded us, oh, you might want to start taking that a little earlier this year just because we've had such an odd summer and just an odd winter last year. Just yeah, it's not gonna hurt to start taking that uh Flonase now, so it's in his system. I was like, Well, that's a reminder for me because I am out for the count a lot of the time during the fall. So although I love fall, I know. Anyway, anyway, know. I'm not ready for it. So we'll see. Well, uh, are we ready to talk about this lovely cocktail? Yes, I have it in a bullet glass, glass that we were gifted. Glass, yes. yes. Are we ready to talk about the cocktail? Please. Okay. I'm really excited for my stories for the paranormal. Oh, you're doing and... a me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I took a page out of mom's book here and I got a couple stories. So this cocktail, uh, I actually, so there's a, some fun facts for you guys about this cocktail, okay? Back in the 19th century, and I got this article off of mercurynews.com, but in the 19th century, whiskey that arrived in New Orleans was unpredictable if it was, because did you hear that thunder? Oh my gosh, that was so loud. The whole house just shook. Anyway, so it would arrive in barrels, right? And it'd be unpredictable if it was going to be drinkable. Does that make sense? Oh, it could have gone So bad. sometimes, sometimes, well, you had to kind of like doctor it up a little bit, like to taste good. Oh. So this bartender, N.W. Heron, he created, he essentially, he infused the whiskey from the barrels with fruit, some vanilla and some spices, and he called it cuffs and buttons and back in the day i guess there was another guy who was doing a similar thing and he called his hats and tails so he (laughs) called his cuffs and buttons but this cocktail really took off and you may now know it as southern comfort oh really a a little fun fact i am not the biggest fan of southern comfort uh but I, and that's not the cocktail we're doing today, but I discovered on Garden and Gun website, they give a homemade version of Southern Comfort. So for those that are fans of Southern Comfort, I did want to share that recipe with you guys because it sounds interesting. I'm very intrigued. Hmm. So, okay. You need one bottle of a higher proof bourbon. Okay. Okay. A 750 milliliter bottle. Then you need one inch of vanilla bean split. One inch of it. <laughs> what the recipe what is says. vanilla bean split? Uh, isn't that? I'm not exactly sure. Or it is says it a, one inch. 
no, 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 no. Vanilla bean. I know. <laughs> yes, that's what it is. As if is you need a one inch vanilla bean and you need it split. That makes sense. Okay, that one There's makes a comma. A sense. <laughs> grammar. Grammar helps. There's a comma. Okay, so then you also need a one inch cinnamon stick. That all makes sense now. Okay. Then you know, it's like, how do you how do you measure vanilla by an inch? Okay, that would make sense. Uh, then you need four four cloves then you need 18 dried cherries one dried apricot halved a fourth orange chunked a fourth lemon chunked three-fourths cup of honey and a third cup of peach brandy and that my dears is homemade southern comfort It says you pour all of this into a sealable wide mouth container, such as a quart or like a, like a big Mason jar with a lid. Oh, Mm -hmm. you add the vanilla bean, cinnamon, cloves, cherries, apricot, orange, and lemon and steep covered for five days to a week. And then you strain the liquid through a fine mesh sieve, sieve, sieve. Anyway, then you return it to the jar and discard the fruits and spices, warm honey in a small saucepan over low heat, adding a few tablespoons of water to help liquefy. Add the honey and peach brandy to the infused bourbon. You can adjust the sweetness level by adding more honey or more more bourbon and alcohol level by adding water. So if there's too much alcohol, I guess you can add water, but I feel like that take away from the taste. (laughs) Watered down. Serve neat or over ice. This is not the cocktail I am sharing today, but I had to share that because I was like, that's really cool. If you want to make your own Southern comfort cuffs and buttons. So the cocktail I created today is called cuff and buttons. Okay. And I'm finding a recipe here. It's very simple. It is not as hard as that sounded before. Uh, it's two ounces of Southern Comfort peach liqueur, four dashes of sweet vermouth, and three-fourths ounce of lime juice. You put it in a shaker with ice. Shake, shake, shake. Strain, strain, strain. Drink, drink, <laughs> drink, 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 drink. <laughs> and... It's good. I'm not a Southern Comfort fan, but I like that peach, mm. the sweetness, and then the sweet vermouth. It it does add some. Yeah, it's good. It's I could sip. I could sip on this. Put it in an old fashioned glass. It's it's not bad. I also opened myself a, a Tank Seven, just can in case. Of my favorite beer, just in case. So I got some beverages going here on the desk, and a dog <laughs> trying to get on my lap. It's a party. Let me tell you, this thunderstorm is brewing up something fun. Okay, Beth, oh, that was bad. You are a lot quicker than I am. I feel like an idiot because what? I never say sieve, sieve, whatever it is. So can you quickly look and see how we say it? Because I feel like an idiot right now. Sieve. We're totally off. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, that recipe that you were talking about kind of sounds like the bola that um that my german mm. <laughs> my german grandmother used to make for new years i talked bola, bola. I did <laughs> isn't just like a lot of fruit a lot of fruit that just ferments but doesn't it have to sit like for a really long time was yeah, it months months yeah, months this is just a week so and you just add seasonal fruit into it as the throughout year the year you know, I'm really curious about that. I mean, it's, it's really- too it's too late now to do it because I guess we're now in apple season, but we've already missed the good stuff. We've already missed strawberries and we've already missed peaches. I know. So it's, it's you need to remind me and we should start that in January. And then you just keep it in the closet. Just keep and it in at the, the end of the oh <laughs> the end of the year. We'll We'll draw straws and who tries it. I think that sounds like fun for you to do. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That sounds great. I think you should give it a shot. Let me know how it goes. I'll just bring you the seasonal fruit. (laughs) All right, chicken. (laughs) 
yeah yeah well when you mentioned it has to sit in a closet I was like oh the mold oh the spores no oh. it won't because it's in alcohol wouldn't it ferment isn't that essentially what it's doing is the fruit it is, is just fermenting fermented? but it's fermenting in the alcohol you yeah. just keep you know how you eat a strawberry alcohol. that's been sitting in the fridge too long and it's like ooh. Oh, the fuzzy strawberry. <laughs> no, it doesn't do that. But it tastes kind of fermented too. You're just like, oh, oh weird. You eat, you eat fuzzy strawberries? No, not on purpose. <laughs> okay, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> All right. All right. We, we are, you hate when I say this, but we're going to visit South Carolina. I don't hate when you say it, but in the beginning of the podcast, when we first started, she would say, today we're going on a trip to, and I was like, no, mom, we're not visiting these places. It was wishful thinking. And I was like, let's pack our bags. We're not going anywhere. I traveled to my basement away from my four kids. That's as far as I'm going for a while. Well, at that time you only had two. So I was <laughs> just saying. Oh, Wow. oh okay so South Carolina South Carolina mom has the true crime I had the cocktail and the paranormal yeah Mm. I'm gonna do something a little I'm tweaking it a little bit um I'm gonna dive more into the investigation than we usually do just because I, I found it interesting here we go this is a quote She was not your average 80-year-old lady. She was a ball of fire and just as spunky as could be. I was getting old. She was not, said Edna Suttles' son, Douglas Alexander. In Oxygen's Buried in the Backyard, Deadly Trust, Season 5, Episode 5. Oh, gosh. That sure sounds interesting. It does, but I could not get it. So I, I got the oxygen app i did everything i was supposed to do and for some reason it kept saying you're not allowed to watch this it's <laughs> so, not available i love so, that no it didn't I say love it's technology. not available it just said you are not allowed to watch this <laughs> it's like why i'm old enough <laughs> <laughs> anyway oh nowadays you have to download an app to watch anything an app to watch anything. an app to watch an app i is just ridiculous but i know I know. Oh, uh, continue with the quote. She loved to dance and would stay out late into the night and early morning on dance floors around town. Fun. This woman is an 80-year-old woman, okay? But she was, from what I could gather, she was just this a ball a of energy. Note. This is a side note. But I went to the eye doctor the other day and I met, <laughs> total side note, we're taking like two left turns here, but no, um, I met this, one of the ladies that checked me in. She was so nice. And she's like, guess what? My birthday is tomorrow. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, happy birthday. She's like, I'm going to be 70. I was like, oh, awesome. Good for you. You look great. She's like, guess what I'm doing for my birthday? Oh my what gosh, are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing for your birthday? She's like, I am going skydiving. <laughs> I said, that is amazing. I'm 33 and that has never crossed my mind to ever do that, but good for you. No kidding. No. So happy birthday. I hope you had a blast skydiving. Her name wow. is Mary and she said she was going to tune in. So hi, happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Good for her. Uh, yeah. That does not interest me in the least. Terrifies no. the jinkies out of me but anyway it's a pretty similar story there dancing around town at 80 love it i may want a zip line that's what i want to do but you've never zip lined oh that's fun that's oh, fun that's what i want to do <laughs> i've done that we did that in mexico and it zip lined over a crocodile pin no and there's a great picture of beth i'll have to find it and post it on our social media like absolutely terrified I was doing like I didn't think I could bend that way I was lifting my (laughs) legs so high I'm very high off the ground I'm nowhere near the crocodile but I am like 
pretzeling myself up even further, trying to avoid <laughs> this crocodile that's probably like 30 feet below me. But uh, terrifying. No. So much fun. So much fun. No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Moving back, on. Back to Edna Suttles. Uh, she was a single mother who raised her three children in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. And What's I'm the wondering, name of the town? Mm-hmm, Traveler's Rest. Later, she became South Carolina's first female bail bond agent. <laughs> so she's the first female. So that's pretty cool. And now she's in her 80s and she's working as a home care assistant. So he imagine these people are maybe in their seventies and here's this 80 year old ball of fire coming in. I didn't even help. think about that. That's awesome. <laughs> On August 28th, 2021, the Greenville County Sheriff's department received a 911 call. Edna, who was always very reliable, had failed to show up for an appointment with the client and no one could reach her. Police arrived at her house, but found absolutely nothing amiss uh edna's jeep grand cherokee was not at the house but there were no and there were no forced entries so they're like they heard a dog in there but otherwise you know nothing so they called her son just in case and her son douglas the one i quoted he came to the house and when he saw Edna's dog at the house and her Jeep Cherokee gone and nobody had heard from her, he got kind of worried because she would, if she were to take off and go someplace, she would always call him to watch her dog. Sure. And he said, mm, something's not right. So a missing persons report was filed and investigators started looking for Edna. She had last been seen around 10 a.m. the day before. Had there been a car, you know, accident or, you know, something. But her car was there. With her car. No, her car was not there. Her car. Okay. Sorry. Car was not there. So, you know. Okay. So had something happened? Had she had a car crash or something? Or had one of her clients from her previous job as a bail bond agent done something to her? Because these Uh were not good people that she worked with for the most part. Then... On September 3rd, her Cherokee was discovered in the parking lot of the Best Western in Traveler's Rest. Looking at surveillance footage from August 28th, so the day she went missing, the investigators saw a man get out of the Cherokee, wipe down the inside as well as the outside of the car, and walk in the direction of a nearby Food Lion grocery store. Neither the man or nor Edna had checked into the hotel. But it's parked at a hotel parking lot? Parked in the hotel parking lot, okay? Uh And the surveillance. Now, all of this story, for the most part, is put together by different surveillance footage. So that's what I thought was really cool. Um, So they see this guy wiping the car down inside and out. So then Uh they switch surveillance And they review the surveillance from the Best Western, the Food Lion, and an antique store adjacent to Edna's house. And they put a timeline together. The following is from the search and seizure warrant that was filed on the case. At 9.22 a.m., a Chevrolet Cruze pulled into the Food Lion parking lot. 9.30, Edna drove her Cherokee from her house. 9.39, She parked her car close to the Chevrolet in the grocery parking lot. Question is, who was driving the Chevrolet? Footage shows the man that they saw in the Chevrolet. They saw him walking into the food line. Then they switched to surveillance in the store and they saw he bought a pack of yogurt. You know how they come in packs, the little ones come in packs of so he that bought reminds a pack me, I have yogurt. to actually add that to my grocery list. <laughs> the kids just ate them all. <laughs> Sorry. At, check, at checkout, <laughs> he scanned his shopper's card, frequent oh. shopper's card. <laughs> Got to get he those coupons. To- <laughs> he walked towards his car. As he passes Edna, they wave at each other. Okay. He pulls a small bag from his car and with it and his yogurt, he gets into the passenger seat of the Cherokee and the two drive off. Okay. I'm sorry. So she has the Cherokee? Yes. 
he has a Chevrolet. So, she has and he got Chevrolet. in her car mm-hmm. and then they left together. Mm-hmm. So obviously they waved at each other. So obviously they knew each other. Well, and he got in her car. Yeah. So because of the frequent shoppers guard, investigators now know the name of the guy. It's Daniel Prince. P-R-I-N-T-Z. Cool. Through photo cool. ID, they verify that he was the man wiping down the Cherokee in the parking lot of the Best Western. So now they have a name of the guy. Investigators are still watching footage and see that Prince does something odd at 2.02 p.m. At 2.02 p.m., the Cherokee is driven into the food line parking lot. Okay, so Edna's car is being driven into back into the food line parking lot. Okay. But far away from his car. Remember, he left his car in that parking right. lot. Right. Like on the other side of the parking lot from his car. Okay. He gets out of Edna's car. And he's driving. So he gets he was, out okay. of Edna's car, walks to his car, drives his car close to Edna's car. Right. Now he's kind of far away from the surveillance camera. So you can't really see what state Edna's in. But he drives over to her car and then he assists Edna from the Jeep into his car. But like I said, from the angle, they you couldn't really see in what state she was in. Did he carry her and place her in or what did he do? Okay. Okay. Then Prince leaves Edna in the Chevrolet. So he leaves her in his car. He drives the Jeep to the hotel And that's where surveillance picks him up, wiping the car down inside and out. Okay. Okay. Then she's in his car, just in the food lion parking lot. Yes. And then, as I said, surveillance caught him walking towards the food lion parking lot from the hotel. Okay. Okay, So it's not far. Okay. No, it's not. It's pretty nearby. At 214, he drives his Chevrolet, so his car, from the parking lot with what looks in the footage to be a motionless Edna. Because he was seen driving Edna's Jeep and wiping it down, an arrest warrant was issued for Prince for grand larceny. So basically, the arrest was for him stealing the car. And I think it was whatever investigators could use to get the guy in to question him. Sure. And to get a search warrant for his car and everything else. On September 9th, Prince was arrested at his home in Bostick, North Carolina. And I'm thinking that these are, I know you used to live there and you used to live close to the border. So I was wondering whether any of these made any names made any sense to you. Um, because oh, I am I am thinking that the investigation crossed the line to North Carolina, but I'm thinking it's real close to the border. Sure. I mean, probably, obviously, yeah. Okay. The search warrant was executed and many interesting things were discovered. Several guns were found at the house. One report said that as many as 22. So Prince was arrested for grand larceny and firearms violation. I guess. You're just not allowed to have that many? No, I think some of them were were problematic. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe he didn't have like a license for certain ones or something. Something. But that was not all that was found on the property. A North Carolina driver's license and passport belonging to 71-year-old Nancy Rigo, as well as bank statements addressed to her, but mailed to Prince's address. Rigo's uh, debit card and credit cards were found in Prince's wallet. He said that she had made him her power of attorney over her affairs. Now, when they contacted Rigo's family members, they said that Prince and Nancy had been in a relationship prior to her disappearance in 2017. Oh. Family had received emails and texts from her, Mm. but she had refused to see them. So they had not, they had not seen her. Um, Let's see. I'm sorry. I'm talking. They had not physically seen her I'm since. Sorry, her... I'm talking. I mean, I'm talking without looking at my notes. She had not. They had not physically seen her uh, since November eighth, twenty seventeen. The sur- the second search of Prince's property was conducted on September twenty third, which turned up even more evidence. Did I say evidence? 
evidence. Yes, you did. <laughs> I was going to let it slide. <laughs> a wallet, which had belonged to Rigo's mother, Dolores Sellers, and belongings of a woman named Lee Goodman, and medication belonging to Rigo, which dated 2017. Now, this medication does come into play, so I'm going to kind of tell you what it was. Cyclobenzaprine, which is a muscle relaxer, tramadol, which is an opioid uh, medical uh, pain medicine, and lorazepam or Ativan, which is an anti-anxiety med. Mm -hmm. These three were found on the property. Also found was a black bag containing zip ties, a taser, lubricant, uh -oh. and brushed pills in a plastic bag labeled Ativan. Okay. Mm. October 9th, a third sort, uh, search was conducted. This time, the search zeroed in on a B-box. I knew I would get what that. What is that? B-box. It's used by beekeepers. Oh, obviously. Okay, okay got it. <laughs> it sat in a wooded area on the property about 75 yards from the house. Inside of that box was Edna's purse and keys. Okay, some that's rope, weird. Some rope, zip ties. And a some and some of the previous mentioned medication. Also in the box was an empty yogurt container. Thirty feet from the bee box was a black trash bag and a tarp. Oh no! The yogurt container was tested, and it was found that there were traces of cyclobenzaprine, tramadol, and lorazepam in the container. These mixed together would have been lethal. On October 10th, a cadaver dog was brought out. A body was not found, but the dog did alert to the area where the plastic bag and the tarp had been removed Oot. or recovered. Edna's family was asked if they knew or recognized Prince. They did not, but they told investigators that Edna was known to use on online dating services. So maybe this oh. is someone she had met online. Um, I'm sorry. You probably already said this. How old is Prince? I did not say that. Okay. He, I see. Uh, I am paying attention. <laughs> you are. Uh, when he went to trial, which I will come to, he's 59 years old. So okay. he, he was in his mid fifties when this all went down. Okay. I was just curious. Okay. Uh, and he, he didn't look old either. So, you know, he has a rather youthful face and these bright blue eyes. I mean, it, it, he would have been convincing as someone. He doesn't look like a killer. Yeah. He, he doesn't look like a killer. <laughs> Prince was described as, a, as arrogant and wanting to control the interview. Uh, when, of course, when the investigators were interviewing him. I gotcha. Go I was that. like, wait, what interview? <laughs> Is he applying for a job now? Like, I'm oh, sorry. He said that he was a handyman who did odd jobs for mainly elderly women. As for his relationship with Edna, he said that the two were friends and that he had visited her house often. He said that the two had agreed to meet on the morning of October 27th. During the meeting, Edna had started feeling badly, like maybe she had a stomach bug. And he took her to her house from the Food Lion parking lot. He also had a lead for detectives to follow. Okay, now this is crazy. Edna, he said, had hired a PI to look into her daughter's upcoming divorce. Prince said that at one point, Edna became afraid of the unnamed PI. And as for wiping down the Jeep... Prince had an answer to that, too. He said, well, he was nervous about being connected to the situation between Edna and the P.I. Oh, well, I mean, that does that totally make any sense, sense to you? It makes absolutely no sense to me. None at all. Especially because I'm assuming the police would go straight to this P.I. to talk to him. Who had no name. Or, oh, the no name P.I. No name P.I. She's a tricky one. In his third interview, Prince was confronted with all of the evidence that had been collected in and around his house and property. Seeing no way out, he told detectives that he wanted to, quote, disclose his sins. Ew, that's creepy. I don't like that. 
He told detectives that he had helped out a friend with the euthanasia of the friend's sick family member. Oh, gosh. That's one body, he said. Those are his words. Then the friend felt remorse and was going to report what had happened. That's the second body. (gasps) Then there was the friend he was trying to help, but they ended up dying. And instead of reporting the death, (laughs) buried the body and collected on the person's social security. Well, I mean, (laughs) why not? I guess. Okay. Oh, Oh, yeah. And then there's the guy who attempted to rob Prince, but that went wrong for the guy. And his body was dumped somewhere in some rural area. Oh, my gosh. He's just getting away with this left and right. Prince was charged with Edna Suttles murder. Investigators surmised that Prince had laced one of the yogurts he had bought in the food lion with a mixture of the aforementioned medication. Then he placed a bag over her head before the pills killed her and smothered her. And that's the bag that probably that's probably the bag that they found by the bee box mm. that the dog zeroed in on. Right. Um, now, I have to say that her cause of death has never been released. Oh. Um, it took Prince nine months. Well, did they find the body? It took Prince nine months. <sighs> Uh, before he finally Listen, admitted that- to killing Edna and burying her body. On May 16th, 2022, Edna's remains were found in a shallow grave in Rutherford County, not far from Prince's home, covered with branches and pine straw. So not even really buried. Oh, gosh. Well, it was a shallow grave, but that was on top of the... So, oh, not really. On June 22nd, 59-year-old Prince, so he is 59 years old on June 22nd, or 2022, uh, he pleaded guilty. To avoid the death penalty, which always, like, ugh, he admitted to the murder of Edna Suttles, as well as 61-year-old Lee Goodman, 66-year-old Nancy Rigo, Rego, and 88-year-old Dolores Sellers, who is Nancy's Jeez. mother. Prince is in federal prison in Greenville, South Carolina. He's sentenced to life without parole. Good riddance, I say. Now, he has not been brought up for trial, and I was really confused with different sources as to whether he was going to face trial for the murders of the other women besides Edna. Hmm. Okay, he's already got life without parole. I don't know if he's going to stand trial for the other women. Yeah, I don't don't know if that's dependent on the victim's family or if the yeah. state chooses I don't, that i don't i don't know rigo's mm-hmm. remains have never been found oh i hate uh, that it said that perhaps she had been shot to death but i don't know where they're getting that if the body hadn't been found her mother dolores seller's body was found in her home her death caused by some by the same concoction prince gave to edna so that medication mixed so did he know Edna or is this pretty much like how did he 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 had befriended all of these women Lee Goodman was killed in 2018 just a few days after meeting Prince her remains have also never been recovered and it is unknown how she was murdered so he befriended these women how like do they run the same circle or either by posing as a handyman or by online dating. And so they assume Edna met him on online dating? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because he had been, I mean, he said that they had been friends. And only that month, though, that she was murdered in August. And he said just they had met the beginning of the month. And they had visited each other. You know, mm-hmm. he had come to her house often during that month. So why did he kill her? Just because he wanted to? He killed her for the money, I guess, for the credit cards. He'd been getting away. He'd been living on, like, Rigo, he's been getting her bank statements, and he's been using her credit card, and, you know. I know. And- I just, like, Rigo, though, was a relationship. She was obviously, like, in a relationship her family knew about him. And then Rigo's mother, and then. Rigo's mother was not in a relationship, but I No, think- but she knew him through yeah. Rigo. And then the other person was somebody that 
wrong place, wrong time, I guess. Well, they were in a relationship also. She had met him. So oh, he killed her just... a few days after or shortly after they met. Oh, that's scary. So what is he getting out of this? I, his his motive yeah. has never been talked about. Yeah, like, like was his motive never, to date people to kill them? Like, was he getting off never on that? or admitted was it... to any of that. That's crazy. No, never admitted to any just, of that. I'm always curious how their brains tick. Like, why? Why? Now, interestingly... None of the sites that I that I research mentioned a wife, but this search warrant that I'm basing a lot of my information on, which was the actual search and seizure warrant, did mention his wife. I'm just like, how did she not know what was going on? But supposedly she didn't. You know, she ended up maybe selling the house. Maybe they were separated or... No, she was living in the house. <laughs> Oh. Well, I mean, they could still be separated if he's on dating sites for the last three, four years. I... Maybe she didn't know about that. And Rigo's medication was there. And I don't know. I'm not saying she knew. I'm just curious how she didn't know. And then she sold the house. She divorced him immediately. And then she sold the house and she moved to uh, where her parents or some. She moved out of South North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I guess they live in North Carolina. So. Yeah, she moved away. And that was in that search and seizure. Otherwise, there was really no mention of her. Interesting. I just, yeah, you know, we always, we always speak about younger women who are abducted and murdered and stuff, but it's everybody's fair game, I guess. I don't know. Well, I wonder if he just saw them as easy targets because they were elderly, alone, unmarried, looking for looking for a companion for love or a companion yeah and he swoops in as that safety companion and which i could see him easily doing oh you have a leaky faucet i'll fix it for you and yeah you know let's sit down and have a glass of wine or whatever you know and getting their confidence and their their trust and then killing them i mean edna was no little wallflower spunky and and she had a lot of spirit and you know he just snuffed it out to edna Hmm. yeah edna and these other women and who else who else we don't know that's true i mean we don't know so sad okay are we ready to lighten things up a bit yeah i think so Yeah. yeah 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 Are you drinking anything fun or just water? Water. Oh, mother, mother, mother. <laughs> I'm the only one that walks away from these episodes. Well, that's because you're representing the, because you're doing the true crime or you're doing the paranormal. <laughs> Not last week. Oh, that's true. I did have a drink last week. Was I drinking last week? You're always drinking. Whoa. <laughs> wow no i sent you the drink i think i sent you the recipe and you didn't get around to making it or something but yeah it was that green no it was no 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 now i remember it was the the recipe and it had like 30 ingredients (laughs) kind of like this homemade southern comfort did (laughs) and i'm like she's expecting me to have all of this no you didn't have the apple pucker i I think the rest of that carousel i left you with the blue carousel let me think about this I think that that the drink is still my fridge. Ew! I'd forgotten about it. I was going to drink it the next day. <laughs> Ew! Man, are you starting your little concoction of the year now? You can no. add fruit to that one? Ooh, you could. No. That Isn't was too sweet? sweet. It was too sweet. It'd be like a... Uh, Okay, I got to put my glasses on so that I can read. I'm blind as a bat. Okay, are we ready? We are switching to the beer because liquor before beer, you're in the clear. Beer before liquor, you've never been sicker. I learned that in college. The lesson I learned in college. The lesson I learned in college. Okay. Down under the busy streets of Columbia, South Carolina, runs tunnels. Today, these tunnels have been named the catacombs. 
entrances to these catacombs are all over the city. Some of the tunnels date back to the Civil War. Today, they are used as utility tunnels, mostly. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for the university students at the University of South Carolina, they are sealed off. They're forbidden. (laughs) It may cause you actually to be kicked out of school if you go down into them. So beware. But doesn't tunnels... that entice you more I to go know. down there? <laughs> I know. If I was a college student, I'd so be there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but if you get caught, you get kicked out, supposedly. But it's yeah, like. It's always a gamble. Life exactly. is a gamble. <laughs> well, these tunnels are deemed dangerous because, yes, there's probably like mold and yuckiness and you could hurt yourself or you could get lost and get trapped down there. I'm sure. And they're very old. So I'm sure like, what if you got hurt down there? Maybe you don't get cell phone service. I don't know, but that is all the least of your worries. The thing that lurks down in these catacombs is what should scare you the most. Okay. It is. So (laughs) it was, it was, Soap, soap, poisoning. No, that has nothing to do. I mean, uh, mother, go away. Go away. Jeez, I'm never going to get this sentence out. The thing that lurks down in these catacombs is what should scare you the most. And it is the three-eyed man. (laughs) Okay. There's no reaction. You had more reaction to soap. Entrances scatter across Colombia. Many tunnels date back before the Civil War. I already said this. I must have it in here twice for some reason. Uh, Okay. So the reports of this three-eyed man are honestly terrifying. The first report was November 12th, 1949 at 1043 p.m. Two students watched in absolute bewilderment as a man-like creature pulled the manhole cover behind Mm -hmm. him as he entered down into the catacombs oh the man was dressed in bright silver (laughs) this whole time i I did this research he's not hiding or anything (laughs) the whole time i did this research i was picturing this man in like a silver like a silver tuxedo like (laughs) oh i'm thinking the tin i'm thinking the tin man yeah I mean, he's in this silver suit. He's dressed in bright silver. And the he disappears down into the manhole, uh, quote, on the corner of Sumter and Green Streets, directly opposite the historic Long Street Theater. So was this some thespian after a show, you know, dressed in his little silver suit heading down into the tunnels? And, and aren't manhole covers like really heavy? They're really heavy. That's what I thought. But this was not the last that was seen of the silver-suited man. No. The next sighting, which is terrifying to me, was six months later. April 7th, 1950. A university police officer was patrolling the campus when he came behind the Long Street Theater and discovered two mutilated chickens. Mm. Feathers and chicken parts are just tossed all over the alley there like on the loading dock behind the theater. The officer was a little bewildered. Was this some thespian again? (laughs) Yeah, we're all bonkers. (laughs) Chickens beware. (laughs) There's thespians around. (laughs) Or maybe some prank of a local fraternity. Just what's going on here? Random, okay. (laughs) The officer went to his vehicle and reported the scene of the mutilated chickens. Mm-hmm. but wait what was that he thought he saw something <laughs> he gets out of his vehicle and he goes back to the chicken where all the chicken chunks were everywhere <laughs> chicken chunks lo and behold it's a silver man <laughs> huddled huddled over the chicken pieces the officer shines his flashlight at the man who looked back at the police officer showing a grotesque horrifying shiny face he 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 must have an oil problem on his skin and atop his head not a hat in the middle of his forehead is a third eye it wasn't a very large eye (laughs) but nonetheless it was a third eye okay 
The policeman slowly backs up towards his vehicle to call for backup. But when the other officers arrive at the scene, they go and look behind the theater, and all they find is just a few bones and feathers. That's it? That's it. Silverman finished his meal. Where he got this meal, I'm not quite sure. (laughs) But over time, as you can imagine, these catacombs were a place for local students to hang out. Uh, I mean, there was a reason that they are closed now. Somebody somebody always ruins it for everybody else. I, mean, I know. Gosh. In the 60s, in October, a group of fraternity brothers decided to take some pledges down into the catacombs for some challenge of some kind. So they just like mm, locked them amazing. down in the catacombs. So these pledges are down there walking along the tunnels when, alas, crouched down on the floor of the catacombs is a, quote, crippled looking man dressed all in silver unquote (laughs) that's a quote from the police reports story does not end there the silver dressed man charged the students and at first the pledges are like oh this is just part of the challenge this is probably just some of the brothers like trying to freak us out but this creature starts running at them with a lead pipe and starts chasing them and actually knocks one of the pledges down very violently his name was matthew tabor and he suffered quote minor cuts and minor shock unquote okay i'm still not totally convinced this wasn't a frat brother but well if he hit him with a lead pipe wouldn't he have some blunt force trauma or something i mean a few you cuts would assume i think scrapes? he just i don't think he got beat but the lead pipe he I fell think he fell yeah <laughs> He fell down and got a boo-boo and got all (laughs) shook up. Uh, The other pledges made it out alive. Uh, They went straight to the police. The officers searched the tunnel in the area. No one and nothing was found. Over the years, through the 80s and 90s, there have been several other reports of the three-eyed silver man. Man, either he's got a silver wardrobe or his outfit is really long-lasting. Yeah, you know, I... I think you're right. And he's probably just crippled and hunched over because he's so old. Because he lives in the tunnels. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, Okay. According to maintenance man of the university, quote, we don't use the tunnels unless it's absolutely necessary. Because of Mr. Silver? Yeah. I'm assuming so. Yeah. They're probably that because the tunnels are really old, but that silver three-eyed man better beware. Of what? I think you need to be beware. <laughs> you might be fall down and get a boo-boo. No, He'll I don't think He'll chase you with so. a lead pipe. He eats raw chicken. That's all he wants. Now, where did he get just roaming chicken? Or is this just roaming chickens around Columbia, guys? Like, I don't well, get that. Sometimes there are just roaming chicken. I remember when we walked one street above the plaza. What? When we walked one street above the plaza. there was Here in Kansas there were, City? There were roaming chickens, yes. They must have gotten out of somebody's yard. That's really weird. It was weird. I think I even took pictures of it because it was oh. so weird. I have. I live in the woods. I live in the woods. <laughs> I <live laughs> in the woods. Far from that. But I live in the woods. We have many creatures. Many, many creatures. There's a mommy turkey and some babies, though. They come yeah. up. And my poor neighbor, she like ropes off her garden so that the deer don't get to it. But these turkeys are, did I call them turkeys? Turkeys are, I don't know what I said. They're turkeys. I don't know what I said. You said turkeys. Um, okay, good. <laughs> uh, so anyway, they come up and <laughs> I, I probably should tell my neighbor, hey, the turkeys are what are eating your garden, but the babies are just so cute. So cute. <laughs> and it's on an angle that I can see them from my window, but the neighbor can't. So she's <laughs> like, something's eating in my garden. And I'm like, oh, I should probably tell her what it is, but they're just so cute. <laughs> And the kids and I love to see the baby turkeys. My oldest is like, oh, is that, are we going to get one of those for Thanksgiving? <laughs> he doesn't sound like that. No, he doesn't. <laughs> He's seven. I'm hungry, mom. <laughs> oh, all right. So I took a page out of mom's book and I have a couple different legends of South Carolina. I thought some yes. cryptoids would be fun. So. We're going to head about 50 miles northeast to Bishopville, South Carolina. It's a small town. At the time of this story in 1988, there was 3,600 people that lived there. Mm -hmm. Since then, so today, there's less. Oh. 
very small town. We're heading back to the swamp. <laughs> Yay. Should have brought the swamp drink out. Oh, it's still sitting in your fridge. You want to go get you want to go get that? It's so fitting. You are the perfect mom. I think anybody listening can attest when you go to your parents' house, you find all of these expired items in your parents' fridge. My mom is the epitome of that. Epitome. She's got swamp water in there from weeks ago. From last (laughs) week. I totally forgot it was in there. Totally. Well, do you want me to pause so you can go get your swamp water for this, for the remainder of my story? Are you serious? (laughs) Doesn't mean I'm going to drink it. (laughs) How's your swamp water? I brought it. It's really swampy. Try it. It looks like toxic try it chemical i dare you try it tastes better than last week because it's all meshed together i can i can taste the tequila more and i like tequila Ooh, me too tequila makes me happy okay cheers mom okay are you ready we are heading to skateboard swamp okay don't know why it's called that i meant to look that up scape second word or Third word, swamp. Scape or swamp. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. 17-year-old Christopher Davies. And this is an 88. Uh, yes. So 17-year-old Christopher Davies, he has a run-in with this horrifying cryptoid. This is his story. Dun dun. Like law and order. Okay. <laughs> Any Anyway. 17-year-old Chris has just gotten off work at a summer job working at McDonald's. And he's headed home. Now, Chris was working this summer job because he had just purchased his first car. His own car. He loved the sound of the leather as he slid into his seat. The new car smell. The sound of the engine. His engine. As he started up the car to head home late that night. He rolls his window down to really enjoy his favorite thing of his new car. Cruising. He's driving down some back roads of the woodsy, swampy area of Bishopville when he sees two bright orange orbs shining back at him up ahead. As he gets closer, he sees its reflectors on a sign saying that the road is closed due to some flooding. So he has to turn around. He turns around and remembers his father had told him of a side road that he could kind of sneak through if this were to ever happen if he ever were to find himself with the swamp flooding he could sneak through this little side road okay it's an old country road that leads him off the road he was on that was surrounded by open fields this road took him deep into the dense wooded swamp oh and it's nighttime every bump and rock chris cringes as he drives his new car down the desolate road He doesn't even want to think about what lurks out in the dense woods that surrounds him as he slowly drives. He just wants to get home. Bumps and ditches, rocks and bumps. And then, pop! He blows a tire. Oh, no. Crap. He sits there for a second. Gosh darn it. Seriously, now I have to get out in this pitch dark swamp and change a tire? But he does because he loves his car. Yeah. And he wants to get home. <laughs> I mean, I think I would have just kept driving. <laughs> I would have tried. I don't know how to change a tire. I probably should learn. Triple A. That's, 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 that's what I'm saying. <laughs> he gets out. He heads to his trunk to get out his spare tire and his jack. Around him, the frogs and bugs seem to get louder and louder as he starts to work on his tire, surrounding him. Leaves rustle, and little splashes here and there in the nearby waters start to get closer and closer surrounding him. But then he hears something a little louder splashing in the water. He hears the water gurgle and slosh as whatever it is starts to wade in his direction. The splashing of the water gets louder. The frogs and bugs seem to almost go silent as he hears a low, mumbling growl 
lingering behind him. Hello? He yells out. Maybe. Whatever it is. If he's loud, he can scare it. Hello? <laughs> A splash even closer now. He works faster on his tire. And then the waiting of the water is right behind him. He turns and he sees two red glowing eyes. The eyes seem to be getting closer and closer and at a good speed. Terrified Chris starts to, uh, I don't know what my notes say. Terrified Chris flies into his car and the creature starts to charge him. He slams the door just in time. The creature throws himself at the door, cracking the window. Oh no. Chris, Chris gets a good look at the creature. The size of a man, his eyes red, the pupils vertical, like a reptile. The hands have three fingers with extremely sharp claws, which the monster is now using to scrape. (laughs) I was going to say the next word and I totally scratch and scrape at the car door, growling and hissing. Chris starts his car as soon as he snaps out of his fear. The creature stands tall at the sudden sound of the engine and heads to the front of the vehicle, blocking Chris's way. Chris puts the car in drive and hits the gas hard. The beast jumps on Chris's hood (laughs) and Chris gets a better look at the beast. He will later describe it as being seven feet tall with scaly green skin. His red eyes were fierce and the three-fingered claws swiped at the windshield as he stood on the hood. Chris floored it. Mm. Chris floored it and swerved, causing the monster to be thrown off. (sighs) Who can he tell of this terrible event? I mean, he had damage on his car as proof, but who is going to believe such a story? July 14th, just two weeks later, the Lee County Sheriff's Office gets a call in from a couple who lived right outside of Bishopville, South Carolina on the edge of town, in scape or swamp. They'd woken up to find their Ford LTD had been horribly attacked. There were horrible, long scratches. The fender had been ripped off, and the antenna was bent. The chrome trim had looked to have been chewed off. (laughs) The media was on this case pretty soon, and they had Locals be on the lookout for the Lizard Man. That whole summer, the Lizard Man was seen on many occasions in and around the swamp. Media was seriously reporting this of all over. People were coming out to camp and like camp. hunt to look for him, and hunters came out to hunt this Lizard Man. Local radio station WCOS offered a $1 million reward to anybody who could capture the creature alive. During that summer in 1988, several people called in that their cars had been chewed. There were calls of a largely, of a large scaly, largely scaly. Oh my gosh, Beth. There were calls of a large scaly man being seen in and around the swamp. Police were called out all the time to these sightings. And at one point they even made a plaster cast from a large uh, three-footed footprint that they discovered at one of the scenes of the chewing. They wanted to get the FBI involved, but oh dear. Then they decided against it. I wonder <laughs> why. <laughs> the summertime reign of terror ended in the fall. I think Lizard Band headed off to college, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> there have been reports here and there around Bishopville. And in 2015, a woman actually walking back to her car from church saw something in the woods lingering and she took a picture and it's. She says it is the Lizard Man. man. Uh, Bishopville really hypes on Lizard Man, and they have a festival every year. So if you're in the area, yeah. What was the Lizard Man? The Lizard Man. Didn't we do a murder mystery of some Uh, sort? Yes, The Lizard Man? Yes. I was trying to think what it was, but I think it was something similar to Lizard Man. It was Lizard Man. A murder mystery. And we did it at the house. Shout out to Hunt a Killer Box. Those are fun. If you haven't gotten one, do it. They're awesome. The lizard. Um, I have one more little story. This is not a paranormal, but it is just as good. So trust me. Okay. Okay. In my research, I found a few stories here and there of Bishopville and the Lizard Man Festival and stuff like that about the Lizard Man. Um, But then I discovered this story and I have to share this. 
have to share this because I bet you right now, you guys are all wondering where the heck did cuffs and buttons come from, Beth? Like <laughs> that has nothing to do with Lizard Man. Maybe the silver suited man. Or maybe Silver Man. But it doesn't. Um, so we are still here in Bishopville <laughs> using mom's little analogies of traveling. We're not really there, but I wish we were. It is 1970s and Dalton Stevens, he was 53 at the time. He was suffering greatly with insomnia. Mom knows how that feels. Yes. Poor Dalton just could not sleep. Probably from fear of the lizard man, if you think about it. No, that was 88. Oh, yes. Before the lizard man. That joke was bad. Okay. Quote, television went off at two in the morning back then. No more TV. I didn't have nothing to do unquote. So he gave himself something to do. He found an old denim jumpsuit and started sewing buttons on it. Why? He sewed and sewed and sewed until the whole jumpsuit was covered Covered in buttons. buttons. 16,333 buttons. This dude really couldn't sleep. It took him three years. Oh my gosh. It added 16 pounds to the suit. (laughs) once that suit was covered i mean fully covered he moved on this time still using buttons but he had now discovered and was fascinated a little obsessed if you ask me with contact cement and glue i mean that man put buttons on everything (laughs) according to an article i read on roadside america quote he glued 517 buttons on his shoes then 3005 on his guitar Next, he covered a banjo, then a piano, then his 1983 Chevy Chevette that had 150,000 buttons. (laughs) Insomnia became an asset. Quote, I wouldn't quit. I wouldn't stop. Unquote. Yeah. Yeah. He said, I'd go four and five days and never go to bed. Oh, well, no, he had many buttons to work with. He's buttoning everything. (laughs) He covered a hearse with 600,000 buttons. The hearse and a coffin were donated to Dalton from a local funeral home. Oh, okay. This coffin that they donated was his second coffin. He decorated with buttons. The first one was accidentally damaged because he accidentally locked himself in it when he was trying to take a nap. The second one, the one he did not get locked into, (laughs) that he covered in buttons, was the coffin that he wanted to and was buried Buried, in in 2016 when he ended up passing away. The first casket, the one he was, and the buttoned hearse took him to his burial. And he finally got to rest. uh, He was buried in his button suit, his button shoes, the button man, or later on he was named the button king, was buried the way he wanted. Now the first casket, the one that he was locked in, Mm-hmm. is on display in his museum oh he has a museum of course he does yes he has a museum his children bought him the museum i think in like 2008 i want to say but if you went to visit him at his museum he would greet you in his little button suit and his button shoes and his button guitar and he loved to sing songs would you like to hear a little of one of his songs yes it goes a little something like this I sew buttons, I don't chug a lug, smoke the weed or do no drugs. Buttons buttons on my suit, banjo, and guitar. My wife got upset when I started on my car. <laughs> oh, he was known as the button man, like I said, later known as the button king. He appear he appeared on Johnny Carson, David Letterman, Regis and Kelly, or I'm sorry, Regis and Kathy Lee, not Regis and Kelly. Regis okay. and Kathy Lee. Way before and other shows um yes the museum opened in 2008 i'm sorry it is still open today uh you can see all of his buttoned items he buttoned a toilet he buttoned an outhouse cars a piano a grandfather clock i will post some of the photos if you're watching on youtube i've been putting pictures here i will put a link to the museum if you are in the area please i beg you please go to the button museum i want to see pictures and more pictures. I want button hear, proof. Hear about, I want to hear about the button experience. I had to share that story. I thought that was awesome. Did he get his buttons from Amazon? I mean, I wonder, I know. I mean, but where he did, had the hearse and the, cough, the casket like 
donated to him by the funeral home. So he was an artist. He was so an artist. I think, yes, this was his greatest art. Bishopville, South Carolina. Beware of Lizard Man and go check out. But go button visit Museum. Button Man. Well, we're the cuffs. I couldn't find a button cocktail. I'm sorry. I tried. Search button cocktail and it gave me cuffs and buttons and cuffing buttons. Well, that's like last last week when I looked for a stalled car cocktail. <laughs> you know, it's surprising though that that even existed as a cocktail for me to find. So there we go. Oh, good deal. Episode 143, all buttoned up. <laughs> for resources, links, everything we chatted about here. You can find it on our website, website. killerhangoverpodcast.com. You can also find links there to our social media, uh, different ways to listen to our podcast, find us on YouTube and our Patreon, where we have an episode every week for you guys. Episodes released early, no ads in the episode, goodies during special times. Yeah. Kids are going back to school. Beth's going to have more hand, more hands on her time. Yep. <laughs> Sounds great. So, uh. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks for your stories. No, mom. Thank you. Did that first drink kind of hit you? Yeah. <laughs> and as the can of Tank 7 says, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> well, cheers with my toxic. <laughs> Ooh. Cheers, mama. <laughs> cheers. I love you, kid. <laughs>